This is Changes Possible podcast and I'm your host, Ани Филипова. There is always a time in your career when you feel stuck, uninspired and you're looking for a change. That's why I created this podcast to help you make your career change possible. Each of our guests has made a successful career change and we are going to discuss practical advice, actionable tips and inspirational stories that can help you to get unstuck and transition into the work that you love. Let's tune in. Hi everyone, my guest today is Rana Nawas. She is a 22 years corporate veteran who built her successful career around problem solving, driving growth and building relationships. After graduating from Oxford with an engineering degree, she worked in McKinsey, the Dubai government and GE Capital in a variety of strategy and sales roles. Then she left the corporate life to found her hugely successful podcast, When Women Win, and became a keynote speaker, advisor and board chair. Recently, she made another career change and joined Oliver Wyman in Dubai as a partner focusing on the transportation sector. Apart from all the professional success, Rana is the mother of two boys. She is quadlingual global citizen, a retired Yugini, a crossfitter and a cancer survivor. I'm incredibly happy to welcome her as my guest today. Hi everyone. Hi Rana. I'm so happy to welcome you at the podcast. How are you today? Thank you. I'm doing great. Great. So uh, let's start with the questions. I was looking at your LinkedIn profile and um, I saw that you graduated in engineering and material science. That doesn't speak to me at all. So what does this entail? Can you tell us and why did you choose this field? Uh, so I went to a school that was very, put a lot of emphasis on maths and science and, um, and really it was just a natural choice. You know, it was a very easy choice for me. Actually, I wanted to do medicine um, because my father was a medical doctor But he wouldn't let me and he did this whole campaign and he recruited all his medical friends and they all persuaded me not to. <laughs> so uh, so my only other way into science that I knew at the time was, right, fine, I'll do engineering. But it, it's great. I mean, I really enjoyed physics and, and math. So it was a really natural choice, actually. Interesting. It's the first time I hear that uh, the father actually doesn't want his children to follow in his steps. That's very strange. But there you are, you chose engineering. <laughs> My father was an amazing guy, you know, no ego at all. You know, he was just like, he just wanted the best for me. And he was like, you know, it's too hard a life. It's too hard. It's, it's unrewarding. It's thankless. So, uh, so go, go try something else. But yeah, great guy. I can say the same for mine. Um, and then you graduated engineering. And what was your first job? And why did you choose it? Was it what you expected? Well, it's, it's super funny because I started my career in 2000, right? 22 years ago when I graduated. And I started as a management consultant. I, I joined McKinsey's London office. And, um, and why I chose that was truly I did not know what I wanted to do. And these, you know, the consultancies and the banks came to my university. I went to Oxford and they put on a really nice show you know, come work for us, you get exposed to different industries, you get paid really well, you get, you know, it's, you, you travel, you see the world, you get exposure to senior clients, and they sold a big game. Now, banking came with a very negative work-life balance, um, you know, already back then, 22 years ago, people were saying, you know, oh, they work till 3 a.m. in banking. And it wasn't, the, the reputation of management consulting wasn't much better, but it was still a bit better. 
So that's what I went for. Uh, it was really a process of, I just couldn't figure out what to do. And um, they sold a good story. And, and to be fair, it really was interesting. You know, I, I really did get exposure to different industries and senior clients. The problem I had was many things, I guess. I just, I wasn't inspired by senior leadership, which is a big issue for me. It's a theme in my life. Like the, the people I work with and for matter. They really matter. So I wasn't inspired at the time. 2000 to 2002 was a really crappy time to start your career because of the dot bust or dot bomb or whatever you want to call it. And also I was living and working in London and I've been away from my family in the Middle East for, you know, I did my degree was four years and I worked in London for two years. And, uh, and basically I hadn't seen the sun for six years. <laughs> <laughs> just I really missed home you know I missed the sand and the sea and the sun and um and so I I, uh, I left two years later and I moved back to Dubai and um looked for a job here and I, that's when I joined the Dubai government as a strategist again great that you started with this because all my uh, guests here they all said that in the beginning of their career they they didn't have a great idea of what they're going to do and it's and it's a great learning it was the same for me i wanted to have an international career only because I wanted to travel, not because of anything else. And all the international companies in Bulgaria at that time rejected me. And banking, just I just came across a, a job in banking. And this is how it started 25 years ago. Well, I think if I could, Annie, I'd just like to jump on a point that you made. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure on people now who think that they have to have everything figured out and your career path. And it's kind of, it's supported by these these rubbish questions that people ask at interviews like where do you see yourself in five years and where do you see yourself in 10 years and they're such stupid questions you know and um and i think it puts a lot of pressure on people that they need to they feel that they have to have their entire career mapped out from day one i mean that's silly right so what what drove me to make my choices was different things mattered to me at different points along the way, you know? So at the beginning of my career, I just wanted something where, you know, I could live in London, make a decent living, uh, get exposed to different industries and do some travel, you know? And, and those were my priorities. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's really like it depends on just a few factors. Figure out what your key values are and, and make those happen. Like you don't need the long-term plan. In the today's world, when the pace of change is so fast and there are jobs that come out and they never existed three years ago, to actually have a plan of five years sign, sounds ridiculous, as you said, right? And I also hate these questions because you never know. And I took some, um, some jobs in my career which were totally not traditional and everybody was thinking, what, what are you doing? But I just wanted to travel and that's it. And I can say I build a career alongside this, really, not the other way around. Yeah, I mean, a better question would be, what experiences do you want to have? You know, a better question would be, what experiences do you want to accumulate? Exactly. And uh, talking about experiences, why did you go to GE? What experiences and skills you thought you're going to gain there? Mm. That was your next job, right? After the government, yeah. So I did I did strategy at the government for a couple of years and I worked with an amazing guy who hired me and then he left and um, and the guy that came in was, you know, really like he and I did not see eye to eye. And 
and also I was getting, you know, working in public sector can get frustrating. Like it's great to do, uh, you know, I got to work on super fun stuff like policies to attract foreign direct investment. And one of the, the projects that I worked on was water sustainability because in the Middle East, it's very arid. We rely heavily on desalination of seawater. And so I got to work on that, which was really fun. And part of that project, I was talking to private sector companies and other public sector and to the UN and, you know, all about, well, what can we do to be, you know, to have reliable, reliable supply of water and water security and stuff. And so I met people through that project. That was just one of the things that I did at the government. So then when it came time for me to leave, I reached out to my network and I said to everybody I met, all the senior senior folks, because I did when you work at the government of Dubai, you do get exposure to, to sort of senior business leaders. And I reached out and I said, listen, guys, I, I have a high appetite for risk. I want to join a startup. So this was um, sort of September 2004. And so the startup scene in Dubai was not what it is today, right? Like today it's wild, but, you know, a good 18 years ago, it was not like this. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so I said, you know, I, I reached out and I said, hey, if you know any startups, please let me know. I'm really eager to, to join, et cetera. And, uh, and then the, the president, one of the people who replied was the president and CEO of GE Middle East and Africa. And uh, he said, you should join GE. And I said, like, what are you talking about? You're like the opposite of what I said, I, what I'm looking for right now. I have a high, you know, big appetite for risk. I want to do something fun and exciting. And he said, well, you know, we are starting a desalination business. You're passionate about water. You're passionate about desalination. So you can build our desalination business with the balance sheet of GE behind you. And I thought, well, that was, that's pretty irresistible. <laughs> so I joined GE and, uh, and helped build, build out the Middle East water desal business and, and got exposure to energy because energy and water are very closely intertwined. And then I met a great guy. Again, for me, it's so much about the people, right? So I met one of the business leaders, the guy who used to head up uh, GE Capital Aviation Services, so GE's aircraft leasing arm for the region, for the region was MAC, Middle East, Africa, CIS, Russia, and Turkey. So massive region. And, um, and he, yeah, and he was just like, we met and we just really got along. We met at social, you know, corporate events. And we laughed a lot and we're both very political and we're both, you know, not, what's the word, politically correct. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we just had a giggle and it was fun. And what, what he was doing was very exciting. I mean, for me as an engineer, anything infrastructure is exciting. So whether it's water, energy, aircraft, aviation, you know, anything like that, I find exciting. So when we got on and he had an opening, you know, he's like, what do you think? Come on board. And, um, and I was like, <laughs> sure, if you think I could do the job. He's like, of course you can. So I came on board and I became, you know, I quickly rose and I became um, the youngest sales VP that that business had ever hired globally. So it was GCAS, so the aircraft leasing arm, that, that part. And then I ended up running a region, which was Turkey, Africa, well, Turkey and parts of Africa and, um, and Lebanon. And I had a ball. I really, really enjoyed it. It was, um, you know, I worked with great people, really an A-team. At that time, uh, the world's best aircraft leasing team, hands down, our technical team, our legal team, everyone. It was just so exciting to be part of that. And I, I say it at the time because unfortunately the company doesn't really exist anymore. Fascinating story. From desalination to aircraft leasing and training and sales, <laughs> how do you do this jump? Yeah. Um, 
Hmm. How do you do this jump? I think I moved, you know, strategy and sales are very closely intertwined. So while I started as a strategist, you know, it became, you know, marketing strategies and then sales strategies and then sales, you know, relationships. Like it was a very, again, a very natural evolution because you need to know, like you need to be able to, to sell, you need to solve somebody's problem and address their need, right? Uh, so you need, you, you need to be able to analyze that. So you need some sort of basic strategy uh, or strategic thinking. So I think that can, that happened there. But aviation, I mean, for me, yeah, it was a bit of a steep curve initially. But I think if you have, you know, the, the core skills that they're looking for, which are, you know, in this case, it was curiosity, basically. I don't know if that's a skill, but a trait. I think curiosity, travel, you're good, you know, you like to travel, you, you don't mind getting on a plane. I was traveling an awful lot because I had a big territory. But I think most of all, it was about people. Like, do you like people? Are you interested in people? Because if you're not, then sales is not for you, you know? And if you are, then sales is easy because all it is is building relationships. And I love that. I'm, I'm an extrovert, and uh, which is why I chose actually not to do my PhD. I was offered a PhD at Oxford, a joint course between Oxford, Cambridge and another university. It was a joint course for a few years. And I, I said no, because I didn't want to be in, uh, I'm not saying all PhDs are introverts. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> I'm just saying that it wasn't for me at the time being, you know, when I was doing my lab work at university, I was underground, <laughs> you know, and I just didn't want to be underground anymore. So, um, so now I was in the air, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think just if you building relationships is something I enjoy. And so going into sales was something inevitable. No, I agree. And, um, you said it, curiosity and uh, genuine interest in people. These two in itself can take you absolutely places. And it doesn't matter which profession. Uh, if you have these two, you, you have success. I've seen this in so many people. So you had, as you said, you had a successful career in GE, but ultimately you decided to leave. Can we talk about um, this decision? How did it came about? And um, that's the first question. Let me develop some more questions as you speak. So let's start with this. Sure. Why did you decide to leave? I mean, I had been with GE for 13 years and um, 11 of them with GCAS, with the leasing business. I think a couple of things happened. First of all, the, the atmosphere in GE started changing a lot. You know, we were having a lot of problems. You know, Jeff Immelt, many would argue, was not the best CEO and chairman. Many would argue he should have been fired years before he was, or he, you know, in quote, stepped down. So it was really in bad shape. So there was that going on, you know, that the tide was turning and the business was in trouble and just things were happening. You know, they were selling off businesses, they were firing people. It was just becoming a bit ugly. And, um, and I joined, when I had my first child, I couldn't do the weekly travel that I was doing and anymore, like unpredictable weekly travel. So I moved across into aircraft trading from frontline sales. I moved into trading. So to trading, there are much bigger deals much longer lead time, much fewer, uh, but much less travel. So I did that uh, after I had my first kid and I, I was doing it for a bit. It wasn't terribly stimulating, um, but it was fine for where I was in life at the moment, at that time, 
you know, in that moment. And then I came back from my second maternity leave and, whoa, the place was so different. My boss had left, his boss had left, the CEO had changed. Like, it was a completely different place. And I was just like, you know what? I've had a great 13 years. I really did. I'd learned a lot, but it didn't feel nice anymore. You know, I didn't feel good. And, um, and so I was like, you know, I think it's time. It's run its course. I never imagined I was going to stay there 13 years. It's just that GE managed to keep it really interesting. You know, I think it, obviously it was my team, my department, G, GCAS and the team and, you know, uh, the clients and the, the industry. It was all very fun and exciting for so long. But then, yeah, I came back from my second mat leave and the place was just completely different and I didn't feel like I belonged anymore. I see. Well, there's a lot of people who actually are in the same position and the company changes. There's so many things that they don't like, but uh, there there's some mental and other barriers to cross. Um, so first, mentally prepare from um, a consistent income stream into, into the unknown. And then second, prepare financially. How did you do that? How did you prepare? Well, I mean, I had 17 years of work experience already, right? So I had been building I had been saving for 17 years and and I you know I I had bought property like I'm not a big spender yeah <laughs> I'm not very frivolous I don't buy bags and shoes every week and like I'm just I'm just not yeah and so I I had saved pretty okay and um and so I was financially secure you know to be able to to make that leap and honestly, when I left GE, I didn't know what I was going to do. I really didn't. I had an idea. I did an entrepreneurship course. Um, again, remember, or like back in 04, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And then I, it got scuppered. And then this time in 2017, I was like, that's it. This time I'm going to be an entrepreneur, you know? And I did, I did an, an online course, entrepreneur Coursera course. I went and I did an in-person course. Here, I came up with a concept that I wanted to do a clothing line for four to 11-year-old girls, you know, to start empowering them and giving good messaging right from, you know, from a young age, basically start, you know, uh, a lifestyle brand. It wasn't just clothing. It was going to be a lifestyle brand so that I could build up mm -hmm. from a very young age, build, build up that confidence and, and help empower women from then, you know. But, but then I got scuppered again. About a month after I left GE, I was diagnosed with cancer, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Wow. And, um, and then I spent, you know, a lot of 2018 doing chemotherapy and recovery and, and said, I'm fine now. But I think I'm just not meant to be, <laughs> I'm not meant to start a business. But anyways, so I didn't know what I was going to do. And then it's kind of good that I didn't actually get another job or or start something because of, you know, that thing that happened to me, right? So, and then it's just, again, I think part of it is planning, but part of it is also going with the flow. So at the time, I was the president of a businesswoman's network here in Dubai, um, the biggest one in the Middle East, uh, called Elevate Dubai. Uh, it's Elevate Network is a global network, and I was running the Dubai chapter. I really, you know, I'm very, very, very passionate about helping women get to the top, and also because as president of that organization and as someone who had 17 years corporate experience here, you know, I had a lot of visibility. And so companies started inviting me to speak on 
the topic of gender parity. So I suddenly became the public speaker, Annie. It wasn't intentional. It just happened. I was just open to it. And then the speeches started going well. And they said, oh, well, why don't you come and consult for us? And I said, okay. And so I became a consultant to, to sort of Fortune 50 companies on diversity and inclusion. And that's uh, really sort of what I did uh, in my sort of solopreneurship phase. And of course, at the same time, the big thing that I was working on was When Women Win, my podcast, right? So, and that had just, in fact, in October 2017, I left GE and I released the podcast. And in November, I was diagnosed. So um, it was a very difficult time to be doing a podcast. But I stuck with it, actually, during that phase. Unbelievable. Kudos to you. I always admired when I look through everything you've done, I always admired your stamina and the urge to plow on in the future without regardless of what is going on. And, and that's an amazing quality to have. I also relate quite a lot to what you said about when you leave the corporate life, just you have to sometimes just think about it, be open, talk to people. That's what at least uh, some people told me when I was leaving my career, they said, look, you have no idea what is out there until you get out there and start thinking a different way. And it's so true because the things that I do now in education, the podcast, um, advising, speaking, just like you, they just came naturally. But you have to have the courage to put yourself out there, right? Totally. You just have to have this courage and uh, you have to be a risk taker. And uh, once you are financially secure. I mean, you can have a comfortable life similar to you. I didn't, I'm not a great spender. So I saved, I save every single dollar I got. So, so the thing is, this is how it happens. Uh, there is no uh, secret formula. And um, the more and more I interview people on this podcast, that that's like a theme and there is no other theme. So I listen to your podcast when women win. I, I wish I get to this success honestly it's it's an amazing podcast oh thanks annie i'm sure you will it just takes a few episodes <laughs> a few hundred <laughs> yeah i know more than a few uh, yeah <laughs> right so you had a great run outside of the corporate world and then uh, you did the, the u-turn you came back to the corporate world well before i did the u-turn there was one other stage in my career which is I was like, by God, I'm going to do something entrepreneurial. Like, I don't care. I was at a phase now and I was like, I am going to make this happen. You know, first it was the president of GE was a great sales guy and took me off course. And then disease took me off course. And now I'm better and I'm older and I'm free and I'm going to do something entrepreneurial. And so I was living in Houston. We moved to Houston, Texas for my husband's job. He works in oil and gas. And so, unfortunately, it was just before COVID. So we had a miserable time because of that. But I got a job as chief revenue officer of a logistics software startup. And it was so much fun. <laughs> the company's called Velostics. Still there. I'm not there anymore. But they develop software that helps speed up trucking logistics. And it was so much fun and so exciting. And it was with the founder... And the and sort of the other guy, basically the COO. We, I was basically employee number three, <laughs> and and it was really fun. We had a great time. You know, we worked really on, on really interesting stuff, like getting a company off the ground. You know, we did our first raise. 
And it was just a very interesting time and I learned a ton. But then it was, I, I just really wanted to come back home. Again, like living so far away from family and friends during the entirety of COVID was really, really hard. So when my husband said, all right, listen, I'm not enjoying my job anymore. Um, I'm ready to leave. I was like, great, let's go back to Dubai. And so we only moved back here like four months ago. Amazing. So you guys are totally matched for each other. Both of you taking opportunities, taking risks. Amazing. Great for you. And, you know, the interesting thing is that because we married older, so we, we, we had each worked like a good 15 years before we got married. So we had these conversations, you know, we sat and we said when we got married, we were like, okay, uh, we're going to have kids. We both wanted to have kids. So that was definitely the plan. We wanted to have four kids, but obviously we didn't know what we were getting into. So after our first one, we were like, <laughs> we're killing that idea. <laughs> so we had two. But yeah, so we had the conversation about how initially when the kids are super young, I'll, I'll sort of soft pedal my career um, and be there, be more the primary parent and the primary caregiver and uh, follow him. And then when the time came, It would be his turn, you know, when I was ready to go back uh, and he was ready to take a break, we would trade, we would sort of hand the baton, you know, uh, uh, pass the baton. The timeline we had in our minds was that would be like, you know, 10 years, five years, I don't know, five to 10 years. And basically it, it happened after, you know, our kids are now five and seven and it was time. So when we decided in Houston that, you know, he, wa he wanted to leave his job and, and we were both like, so, you know, tired of being so far away from home. For, we're like, okay, um, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> so I activated my network and, and I got the job and he was just, you know, also burnt out. The role he had was just, it just burnt him out. So he was like, yeah, I'm ready to take a break. And I was like, this is perfect because I'm ready to jump back in into corporate. I enjoyed my job at the startup. I really did. But it just wasn't enough of a pull to keep me in Houston. Great story. Unbelievable. I can relate to so many things you said. The partnership in the family is so important. So you went back to Dubai. You joined as a partner. The next question I'm going to ask is because many people ask me is... Um, They're concerned that they will never be able to return to the corporate world after leaving. So is this a valid concern, you think, based on your experience? Well, I mean, obviously I'm living experience that that's not true. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, that's literally like my life. So <laughs> my life is real and exists and therefore that cannot be true. No, but I think there's a, a general misconception that all decisions are final. You know, there's very few dead ends in life. This is something I learned on my podcast. There's very few dead ends, you know, and what we want changes over time. And that's okay. It's okay. You know, you do something because you want to do, you want to get X, Y, Z out of it. And then you get there and, you know, something changes in your life. You know, a parent gets sick. Uh, you get sick. Unfortunately, I've had all these things, right? A parent gets sick, you get sick, your, your husband gets a promotion. These are literally things that happen in my life. You have to recalibrate and figure out, you know, what you want to do next. Or, or just, it doesn't even have to be something that's like a disaster like that. It could just be, you know, you're, you're just, you want something different. You're not feeling nourished anymore and you want something different. Or, you know, the pace has been too fast and you want something slower. It doesn't matter. What we want changes over time and that's okay. There are no dead ends. 
this is a great statement. I'm just going to write it down and put it somewhere so I look at it. But I, I would temper that, Annie, if I could. Please. Because I hire people. And when I look at CVs of people who've jumped around too much, I don't like that. I feel like that means they might be impatient. I understand if it could be one job that didn't work out or two. But if there's a pattern of someone jumping around every six to 12 months, that is a negative to me. So yes, there are no dead ends. What you want changes over time. But you also have to demonstrate grit and commitment. When, when a company hires you, you know, demonstrate some grit and, and a commitment by staying there for, you know, two years, three years, give it a chance. Maybe not every time, of course, there's extreme circumstances where you want to be out of there in three months, you know, bad behavior at the company, toxic environment. Sure, I get it. But these patterns of just saying, ah, oh, it's not what I expected. You know, I've been here four months. I gave it a shot. I'm off. You know, I, I don't think that's a good attitude either. I agree with you. But also another example, while I was working in city, I would get a lot of, I also hired a lot of people and I would get CVs and people stayed here six months, there eight months, one year, two years, and then they joined city and they stayed 10 years, 20 years, just because the company is so huge. It gives endless opportunities for move, to keep you interested. And, you know, you can just, so that's another thing, right? It depends on which companies you worked in. All right, let's go back to your the toughest moments in your life so far. I mean, I don't want to say career because it's life and career that are intertwined. What was the toughest moment and how did you go through it? What, what do you need? How did you get, just get up and said, no, I'm just going to beat this and I'm going to go through and, and continue? Yeah, I mean, I think the quality of your life is the quality of your relationships, you know, and nothing else. So... When I got sick, for me, it was about my kids. My kids were only one and three. You know, just one other point, Annie. I think the important thing is, look, we all go through difficult points in our careers, but the, the, the hardest moments of your life, these are not career things, you know? Like nothing in a job or a career should be so all-consuming that it's, you know, ruining your life. You, people, you know, it's it's a job and people need to remember that you can't expect your career to give you everything and all the meaning in your life. At the end of the day, you can't get everything you need out of a relation, out of one relationship, right? I'm, you know, I get love and nurturing from my mom, you know, I do, my mom's not going to go scuba diving with me, you know, my husband's not going to go to, uh, you know, to, to buy a rug with me. Different people are for different so different aspects of your life. We're all complex beings. And it's the same. You can't expect everything out of a job or a career. You know, everyone's like meaning, purpose, meaning, purpose. Okay, sometimes you have to do a job and you get your meaning and your purpose from other things. And that's okay too. Like for me, for me, I find meaning in a lot of things. Like I find meaning now being a management consultant, solving really, really big problems in the region. And, and I'm a partner in the transportation practice. So we move people. And prior to that, I was working in aviation, really sort of safe travel. And for me, that's meaning, but it wasn't, you know, what I was doing on the side with Elevate gave me a lot of purpose. And I was doing that on a voluntary basis. So we can get meaning and purpose. It doesn't all, we can't put all those expectations on our job, I would say. And one last thing, you know, the people, uh, <laughs> 
people always ask about job and career is like failure, fa- you know, what's, you know, something you failed at. Or, and, I, and I've asked that question a lot. And when people ask me, they're a little surprised because me, honestly, I feel like there's no such thing as failure. Truly, and I mean it, and I, I'm not just saying it because it's cliche or whatever. There's no such thing, you know. If it, there's failure, is just an event, and so especially at work, we tend to make these, we blow it out of proportion. Like, oh my god, I didn't win that deal. I didn't do this. It's okay. It just happened. Okay, you didn't get the deal. Yeah. You know, no big. It's it, no big deal. We need to end this sort of psyche of like, oh my god, my the world is over. You know, it's a job. The world is going to rotate tomorrow and uh, nobody's going to die, right? So so just move on. <laughs> I always tell the consultants and I tell my fellow partners who are sleeping three, four hours a night. I'm like, guys, we're not heart surgeons. We're not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I used to say that to, to colleagues um, when I was in, in banking. I said, come on, we're not doctors. Nobody's dying. So it's not that urgent. Great perspective. Thank you for that. Um, Relationship is what matters. And um, to finish off with the three key takeaways, uh, if you have to say to someone, if you had to advise someone, three key things to remember for their career and, as you said, career and life, what would they be? Well, I mean, this is changes, right? So you're interested in changes? Yeah, changes. Okay. So I think we touched on a lot of it. I think, first of all, is make sure you're secure financially. I know a lot of people advise you to just go for it and just jump. And maybe that's okay for you. That would not be my advice. My advice would be, you know, make sure you have some form of security. Either you've, you've got a good kitty or, you know, wh- whatever it is that you have a fallback. So that would be number one. Number two, when making a change or a jump, I would say really put some thought into what it is that you want to do. I, and I've been through this process a couple of times in the last couple of years, you know, when, when we decided to leave Houston and come here, I really like put a lot of thought into what job I wanted. And it's a tough one, but put that thought in, you know, it's, it's not easy. And I know, and what you said earlier is so true. Talk to people, talk to people. You know, when I first landed in Houston, I didn't know anyone. I mean, anyone. And I wanted to get a job. So I was out there meeting people, asking people to introduce me to people. I was driving up, down, across town to do coffees, talk to people. And that'll help you figure out what's available. So that that would be my second piece of advice. And then my third one would be, yes, related back to something we talked about, which is there are no dead ends. Okay, you change your mind. That's fine. But make sure you demonstrate grit and commitment to to the job. You know, give things a chance because, you know, first, we know that first impressions aren't always right. Sometimes even jobs are like people too. You know, you need to give it some time to get into it. So that those, those would be my three tips. Great. Absolutely great. Um, it was really uh, interesting discussion. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. This was fun. Have a lot of luck uh, and success in your new job and um, exciting life back in Dubai. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. Please remember to review, rate and subscribe when you have a chance. You can do that on your favorite podcast platform or go to our site, changeispossible.site. Thank you once again and have a great day.